Well, happy Thursday to you parents. Um, this is Pastor Mark Young, uh, student pastor at Swift Creek Baptist Church, where we connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. This is episode five of our Encourage and Equip podcast. And today I want to ask the question, um, what is a catechism and why should you use one? Um, in the instruction of your children and teenagers. Um, so I think a lot of people have kind of a, a misunderstood idea of what a catechism is, if they've even heard the word catechism before. Um, but catechisms are extremely useful and beneficial, and I want to I encourage you to actually use them. So I want to uh, spend time today just discussing what a catechism is and maybe give some examples and um, encourage you to use one um, in the instruction of your teens. So catechism is nothing that is um, unique to a Baptist or unique to any particular denomination. A catechism is a tool um, for instruction um, in the form of question and answer. Okay, That's what a catechism is. I mean, this type of instruction has been used for hundreds of years, really since the Reformation in the 1500s, to teach and memorize biblical doctrine. Okay, in the question of question, uh, in the in the format of question and answer. So, catechisms are not intended also to replace Scripture. All right, catechisms are not equal to Scripture, but they help us understand Scripture, um, and. You might think you might think, well, catechism, that sounds like something that I shouldn't use. That sounds like something that Catholics use or Lutherans. And the reality is that would be an assumption when historically Baptists have used uh, catechisms to provide insight and instruction, um, even in Sunday school classes in centuries past um, since the Protestant Reformation, which broke from the Catholic Church. Now, there are catechisms in all kinds of churches and denominations and even the Catholic Church, but it's not unique to those. It is simply a format of teaching. And um, historically, Baptists have been using catechisms for hundreds of years. So here's some examples. John Bunyan, who wrote The Pilgrim's Progress, uh, he wrote and used and um, advocated for catechisms. That's 1675. Um Charles Spurgeon, the great Charles Spurgeon, who preached in London for 50 years in the 1800s, um, he advocated and even wrote his own catechism. I have Spurgeon's catechism actually right here in front of me. James Boyce is a great Baptist. He used catechisms. Um, and so catechisms have been used um, by Baptist, Presbyterians, non-denominational um, it really is just a way for Protestants to teach biblical doctrine to our kids, to our youth, to our um, teens and students at church. And so I advocate for them highly. Here's why they are so effective. They are effective for teaching the foundations of the faith, for teaching our new Christians or even young, um, young kids and teens the foundations of their faith. It keeps them rooted, rock solid in gospel doctrine because what we tend to see is as 
um, teenagers grow up into their teen years, if we don't keep teaching them those basics that they learned um, in their elementary years, even their preschool years, that we wanted to teach them growing up, you know, God loves me. God created the world. Jesus died for my sin. We teach them basic things when they're kids. And then what we stop doing is as they get a little bit older, we stop practicing and rehearsing the foundations of the faith. And then they begin to get a little bit rocky in what they understand and know about God's word as they get into their teen years. And they've gotten so far away from it that they actually don't understand the Trinity um, anymore. They don't understand that God is one God in three persons, right? They don't know what the Holy Spirit does. They don't realize that the Holy Spirit is a person of the Godhead and not just a force or not a force, right? That he is a person, right? Or, or they don't understand the purpose of the local church because they've never really thought about what the local church biblically is. Um, so I think catechisms are extremely useful. So I advocate for them, and I have a few of them um, that we've used with the students before. So we've actually used um, two um, with our students here at the church. Uh, we've used what was a newer uh, catechism done in the last five years called the New City Catechism, put together by um, Timothy Keller, who's a Presbyterian pastor, and um, Don Carson and others. Uh, with the Gospel Coalition, and they've created kind of a unifying catechism um, that teaches foundational Protestant biblical doctrine, right? So uh, this catechism would be useful for a Baptist church, a Presbyterian church, a non-denominational church. Um, And so this is a really good, strong, unifying um, catechism that will teach the essentials of the gospel faith. Um, it's really useful. Let me read you from the New City Catechism um, one particular question. This is question 26. It's in a section on Christ. They have separated their catechism into 52 questions designed to do one per week for a whole year, covering, uh, focusing on God the Father, um, God the Son, and God the Spirit, um, the local church, and growing in grace. So this is question 26. This is right in the middle. The question is, what else does Christ uh, Christ's death redeem? I just opened to a random question. What else does Christ's death redeem? Answer, Christ's death is the beginning of the redemption and renewal of every part of fallen creation as he powerfully directs all things for his own glory and creation's good. Now, that's a that's deep theology right there, and that's so important for us to know what Christ's death redeems, that it's not just redeeming people, but Christ is redeeming all of the brokenness in creation. He's redeeming fallen creation and making all things new for his glory. And then each question comes with a verse. This, this particular one comes with Colossians 1, 19 to 20. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Then this particular catechism gives commentary, one from a dead guy, John Bunyan, and one from a living pastor or theologian, Vermin Pierre. So you have different theologians and pastors on each question. New City Catechism is a great, useful tool that I commend and recommend. Now, um, it is not going to get as specific into convictionally 
um, Baptist distinctives. So I have introduced this year to our students something that um, uh, a friend of mine and my academic mentor actually put together and wrote, and it's called A New Baptist Catechism. So it's built on some of the previous catechisms, and it's built on on uh, Spurgeon and others and following in their line, built on some of those older catechisms during the Reformation. Um, and it's very useful, and it teaches the essential doctrines, but then it gets into some of the Baptist distinctives uh, regarding baptism, uh, theologically the purpose of the Lord's Supper, uh, church membership, theology of the local church, um, and it is very, very good. So right now, in our student connect groups in uh, Sunday school time, uh, in addition to their current gospel project curriculum, they are using uh, a new Baptist catechism, and they're spending um, a question or two in each um, gathering together in their groups. They do a question or two and review, and they're rooting themselves in gospel doctrine. So here's a question from New Baptist Catechism. It's actually much more simple than uh, the New City. It's just a, a lot less. It's only a question, only an answer, and only a verse. And uh, let me go here to uh, the local church. What is the local church? Question 102. Answer, where Christians gather to worship. Members of local churches come together for preaching, fellowship, prayer, and to celebrate the ordinances. And then it gives Acts 2.42. And then it, the next question builds on it. How often should the church meet to worship? This is question 103. It says the church should meet every week. It is important to come to church so we can encourage one another to love and obey God. 104. What is the mission of the church? Answer, to make disciples everywhere. We are to share the gospel with everyone and start new churches all over the world. Question 105. Who are the leaders of the church? And it just goes on and on and on. And it's so it's wonderful and it's so foundational and biblical. So I commend these to you. Um, I think that we shouldn't just be doing these in church. I think that you as parents uh, would be highly benefited from buying either New City or um, downloading the app New City Catechism, which is free on your app store on your phone. You can pull it up, do it with your children, your teens, um, and just rehearse one at the dinner table. You know, um, do the verse. There's a uh, there's a child setting or a simple setting where you can put, and it'll make the answer shorter for memorization and for remembering um, the biblical truth. Um, so I commend that to you. Um, getting a, a little copy of New Baptist Catechism would be beneficial too. You know, in the morning before you head out for the day and you all go separate ways, or in the evening, you know, gathering together once a week to go over one or two one one or two of these questions to kind of root your family down deep in rich theology. Um, because you don't want to lose the basics. You don't want to lose the foundations. And I would argue some of these foundations as they build, our students and teens actually don't know. Um, they don't know what happened to Jesus after the resurrection, question 122. Um, I'm just pulling up some some other ones here. There have, there's questions on angels and demons in here. There's questions on uh, the Lord's Supper in here, prayer in here. And so I think um, these are extremely useful for teaching our kids the Word of God um, as supplemental to them reading their Bibles and prayer um, in their own quiet times and in your own quiet time. So um, get them, 
use them, um, and I pray that they would be beneficial to you. Um, one more thing, if you want to explore some of the old historic catechisms, you could just go online and type in like catechisms from the Reformation. You'd have um, you'd have some come up. Heidelberg Catechism would be one. Uh, Westminster Catechism would be one. Um, John Calvin wrote a catechism. Um, and so all of these uh, would probably come up and they're some of the older historical ones um, that the newer ones are based off of. So anyway, love you guys. Hope this was useful to you. Let's keep teaching our children uh, the word of the Lord.